Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam, Renee, and Kenny. I am Renee, she is Tam, and he is my man, Front Row Kenny. How you guys doing? I'm dragging. I'm just going to call it for what it is. I am tired. We are recording this podcast way past my bedtime. And if you've been a longtime listener to this show, you know that Tam does not do well when we record late. Not to mention, I don't feel like any of us are going to do well because Renee is out of his mind because his them boys, them cowboys, disappointed him. Yeah. <laughs> that bum, yep. Garrett, what's his name? What's the coach? Jason, Jason freaking Garrett. Garrett. Why, Jason. why I forgot his name? See, it's already starting. It's so late, I can't even formulate a sentence. Kenny, and you know what? It's okay to doing? forget his name because it don't matter anyway. Right? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, let me tell you guys about my weekend real quick. I had a very wonderful, productive weekend. I had a show on Friday. First of all, for uh, our veteran listeners, if you listen to our podcast and you follow us on our social media, you'll know that I I also do stand-up comedy. I also work in the medical field as well. I will tell you this. Tam, Kenny, I can't begin to tell you how exhausted I was on Friday. I had to work. From 6 a.m. to 5 o'clock in the afternoon, I got off of work, went straight home and changed, and I drove all the way from North Hollywood, Southern California, to Ontario, California. Not Ontario, Canada. Ontario, California. That's about an hour drive. I was exhausted, but I had to do this show. It was squeaky clean. It was in front of a pretty much a church audience. Can't talk about drugs. You can't talk about any sexual innuendos, politics, alcohol, nothing. You just squeaky clean. And I've done this show before. It's one of the better shows that I've ever done in my life. I love it. The crowd loved me. I loved them. I went right back home. I went straight to bed. And then I had a show the next night. And let me tell you, it was one fantastic, productive weekend. And unfortunately, like Tam mentioned, I had to watch these Cowboys play, and this bum, Jason Garrett, (laughs) as the coach, Kenny, you know what I'm saying. More importantly than anything else, I was actually able to watch the NASCAR race, and that was probably the most enjoyable thing of of my Sunday evening. How about you guys? Yeah, so my weekend was all right. I probably haven't shared this at all with most people, but I like going antique shopping, looking for like old NASCAR stuff. Uh, memorabilia, art, or whatever. Uh, like, you know, for my apartment, of course, and some stuff for my desk, which I'm, I'm going to eventually show y'all at some point. But that's all I really did. I found some pretty cool stuff. I found a actual poster from the inaugural Brickyard 400, the first NASCAR race at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That was pretty cool. Picked up some die cast as well. I got a Dale Jr. die cast, a Jeff Burton die cast. And I can't remember who the other person was, but Either way, I think that was probably one of the better parts of my weekend, just like Renee just also stated. Cowboys did not do well, so <laughs> that wasn't fun at all. Um, watched a little bit of NBA preseason as well. My Oklahoma City Thunder have started their season with the traditional blue and white scrimmage, so that was cool. 
Watched a little bit of Lakers and Warriors play as well on Saturday. And I think that pretty much sums up my weekend for the most part. Yeah, the hometown team looked good. I was like, for once, I can actually name three people in the Lakers. Because <laughs> it's been funny. sad for the last six years. Boy, I mean, really sad. But no, we have a squad. That is sad. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to name five people in the Lakers. Is JaVale McGee, Rondo, LeBron, James, Anthony Davis, and Kyle Kuzma. This is my first time in many years being able to name more than two people or more than three people. How about those Lakers? Okay, let's move on to some NASCAR <laughs> talk. Enough about them Cowboys because who was talking about the Super Bowl? They should retract those words because they they weren't looking good. Yeah, oh, exactly. I did not say that one. Trust me. I'm yeah, the last I know I Cowboys didn't. fan that said that one. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Kenny? Kenny, I am right in your corner, brother. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and we're not going to overreact about the Lakers either because it was a preseason game. So who knows? Okay, enough about that. Let's jump into Dover. Maybe that's why I'm tired because I didn't really like Dover. I'm not, it wasn't a snooze fest. I just wasn't enthused about Dover. I thought that it started out with some interesting things going on, whether it be Joy out before the green flag dropped and Chase went out early. But aside from that, I found that I was tuned out. And again, it could just be me, but I definitely, it didn't command my attention like the role did. And I'm sure next week, Talladega, I'm going to be front and center. Do not call me. I probably will not be on Twitter during the race. I am excited and looking forward to Caladega. But Dover, I just was not feeling it. I don't know if Dover after the Roval is the proper thing to do. Maybe we should go to Talladega after the Roval. But, of course, the schedule is already set for 2020. So who am I to make any suggestions? But I just definitely think that Personally, Dover was a letdown coming off of the Roval. I don't know. Did anybody else feel like that? I think it often is. I just think that Dover is not really the track you want to go to right after. You have such a wild place like the Roval. Just to talk about the product itself and just what it kind of produces at Dover, I just think maybe there needs to take that change and have it go from concrete to asphalt. Again, maybe it needs to become an asphalt track again, because right now it just doesn't really put on that great of a product. Plus the way the package is set up, it doesn't really help it out any any more than what it is. With the high corner speed and the slower exit speed, it really doesn't do much justice for that type of racing. But it was an okay race. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but it was okay. Yeah, I think I would have liked to have seen going straight from the Roval to... Talladega. I think that would have been better. However, I mean, eh, it is what it is. That's the schedule. I'm okay with that. But it, it definitely would have been nice to go exactly straight from the Roval to Talladega. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. But, eh, you know, it was okay. Well, we posted a poll on Twitter. We asked the question, stage two is in the books. Are you enjoying the Dry Dean? Yes, Dry, dry Dean 400. Dry Dean. We should have just probably just asked, were you enjoying Dover? But we said, are you enjoying the Dry D 400 at Dover so far? How are you feeling about the race? Hashtag NASCAR playoffs. 32% said, meh. 
36% said it's good and 32% said that they were over it. Technically, if you add meh and over it, that's 64%. So only 36% of the people thought it was a good race. I personally, I won't say it wasn't a snooze fest, but it definitely did not hold my interest. That's what I will say. So on that note, let's break down the top 10 and catch up where we are at in the playoff standings because this was the first race in the round of 12. Kyle Larson won the damn thing. I wanted to know, honestly, who picked Kyle Larson to win? I didn't see it coming personally, but he came I guarantee you nobody did. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think too many people did, but he notably, which was kind of weird, he had two of the... He had the fastest car in both practice sessions on Friday and Saturday. But the thing was that I noted was it was so hot and it was much, much better looking outside on Saturday and Friday and Saturday than it did on Sunday. So I didn't think he was going to have the same race pace because I've seen him do this before, but he finally got the win. Yes, he got the win. And just one crazy side note about that. He was a little bit. I won't say upset, but he was getting a little bit annoyed with the storyline that he was talking crap to Denny Hamlin when, in fact, he had to clarify it. But he said that Denny asked him, they were making some plans, and Denny asked him what he was doing after the race or something, however it went, and he was like, oh, I'm all confused. But basically, he said he wasn't talking crap. So, yeah, Denny asked him a simple question about what he had planned. He made a comment that he was going to do some media after he won qualifying and took the poll. And so Denny, I'm assuming, took it as a challenge. However, when it became a bigger story than what it really was. And ironically, Denny got the poll, but it was Kyle Larson who won the race. Just a little side note. So jumping back into the top 10, Kyle Larson was your winner. Martin Truex Jr. came in second. Alex Bowman. Boy, Alex know how to do it. He came in third. Harvey came in fourth. Dean mm-hmm. Hamlin, fifth. Kyle Bush sixth. Matt DiBenedetto, seventh. Jimmy Johnson, eighth. Another top ten for Jimmy. Kurt Bush, ninth. And Clint Boyer came in tenth. Ironically, your top six drivers were all playoff drivers. The other six drivers that are still hanging in there in the playoffs fell out the top ten. So these are your notables. Brad Keselowski came in 11th. And make sure you guys check out the interview that I did with Brad Keselowski. It will be posted, a portion of it on the website. And I will post a link to the full article. William Byron came in 13th. Eric Amarola came in 17th. Joey Logano, like we said at the beginning, his day was done. But it really wasn't done because he was able to go to the garage and they fixed his car and he came back. I believe he was like 20 something laps down most of the race, but he did run and a great thing he did because he came in 34th while Blaney, who also had brake failure, he came in 35th and Chase came in 38th. If you really think about it, it was a great thing that Joy went back, went in the garage and came back out because he was able to finish before Blaney, as well as Chase, who are also fighting for the playoffs. Thought those were some interesting notables. Let's see, what is going on in NASCAR? Did anybody want to say anything else about Dover, or should we just move on to 
What's going on? I just want to say it was a pretty weird day at Dover. Just starting off with Joey Logano right off the bat, just like Jimmy Johnson did a few years ago when he started the race and he had mechanical issues. It was strange because it was him who Joey Logano who lost an axle. Then following that was Mm -hmm. another driver, Reed Sorison, lost an axle. And obviously his Penske teammate as well had an issue, uh, Ryan Blaney, with a brake failure. Then, of course, one of the strangest ones and and what a weird fashion after winning the Rover was Chase Elliott and he had an engine failure. One of the strangest days I've ever seen. I've never seen the attrition that bad at Dover in recent years, I would say. I think it, it was a time where Dover used to break cars apart. But now because everything is so damn reliable, it seems like it's almost impossible for an engine to fail or an axle to break or anything of that nature to happen. It was super strange, but. I thought the best thing about the race itself, of course, was at the end of stage two, you had Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr., all mixing it up at the front. And they actually made for a pretty interesting four-way battle. And Joey Logano actually was part of that. But he was a couple laps down, obviously, and he kind of made it a little bit more interesting. I thought that was literally what literally could have made that race much much better was lap cars and getting them in the way of of the leaders and it made it for some pretty interesting racing for quite a bit and as the end of that stage happened i thought that was probably one of the better moments of the race aside from obviously kyle larson snapping his 75 race streak which is cool but i thought that was the best side of the racing element at dover but can't really say too much else about it. I thought that was just all I could get out of it, honestly. And Larson winning is is absolutely just really awesome in itself. But what I thought was so so interesting was Martin Trix Jr. is having a very quiet, nice run in these playoffs. And I know he's not really getting a whole lot of attention about it because of all the other stuff that's been going on. But Martin Trix is quietly, like, literally up there. And I don't know if dominating is the word, but he's doing really good. But let's also talk about how Alex Bowman is doing. Here's a young kid who is just like coming out of the woodwork and just, just, he's just doing his thing. And Tam, we've uh, talked about this on the previous podcast before. We've had a, an interview with him personally and we've, we've met him on a personal basis. What a great kid he, he is. You're a big fan. I mean, I know I'm a big fan of his, but he's like literally, uh, him and Truex are, are quietly just doing things and they're, they're, they're getting stuff done. So let's not disregard what they're doing because, uh, Alex Bowman and Martin Truex, they're really putting themselves in a spot to really win this entire playoffs. I'm picking Denny Hamlin. I'm not going to pick Truex. Truex is running well, but he's not my pick to win the championship. So I'm going to send all my positive vibes over to Denny Hamlin because that was my pick to win the championship. Plus, Truex already has a championship. It's time for Denny Hamlin to get a championship. (laughs) He's due for it, honestly. He is. He's had a couple times he's gotten close, and I think it's just been the thing that he said he told Joe Gibbs when he signed with him way back when was that he wants to bring him another championship. Well... I think this may be probably the third time, I would say, in his career where he has his true best shot. He's the only other guy with four wins besides Kyle Busch in the playoffs currently. And Martin Truex, obviously his teammate, is leading the way with six wins so far this season. He has the most out of any playoff driver in the field currently. 
But I would like to see Denny Hamlin win the title. I'm not sure if he will. I think it's probably going to be championship for it. What I'm thinking right now, if I could pick it today, I would say Truex, Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and Kevin Harvick. Those will be my championship for at the moment, like as things are running. I think so. I think I would have to go with Denny. I'm super Kyle fan, but Kyle needs to get it together, as in Kyle Busch. I'm going to pick Denny, Harvick, Truex, and Kyle Busch. Although I'm feeling some type of way like it's going to be some shakeup, but I'm going to stick with the familiar four. Question for you guys. Do you see Clint Boyer getting into the next round of the playoffs to the round of eight? You know, I can see him getting into the next round, but I don't know if his team is able to get him a car out on the track to actually do that. And I'll be honest with you, Tam, and I know this, this is your boy, and I, and I love Clint Boyer myself, but I want him desperately to try to get into that because I think he's one of the more older school drivers that are in the playoffs that I would love to see. Kyle Busch is also a veteran himself, and and we know Kyle Busch is Kyle Busch, and his personality is his personality. But I would love to see Clint Boyer in that, but I just don't know if his team and his car is going to be able to do that. Honestly, I was just having a discussion with somebody about Clint Boyer before um, Tam gave us that genius question. Ever since Vegas, he's actually just picked up the pace. So he started on the pole in Vegas, but obviously didn't have the greatest day. I think he cut down a tire, came home 25th. But since then, at Richmond, he finished 8th. At the Roble, he finished 4th. And just this past weekend at Dover, he finished in 10th in the top 10. So I think they have somehow, some way found their way to have a little bit more momentum once again because they even had this just before the playoffs started a little bit at Bristol he came in seventh at Darlington he came in sixth and Indy he came in fifth so I think right now they have started to figure something out now Talladega is the big thing Talladega is the crapshoot obviously you may or may not know what may happen so if he has a good Talladega I think he definitely has a good shot. Now, if he doesn't have a good Talladega, and let's just say he is behind the curve, such as like Ryan Blaney right now, who is has to virtually win to get to the next round, I think Kansas, I think he can do it there. I honestly think he has a good shot at his hometown track. He may not necessarily win, but he also had a top five there in, earlier this year on Mother's Day weekend. So he's proven to be good there, and I think he'll do the same coming up. But I think he's actually a sleeper pick to move on to the round of eight, if I'm being honest. Joey Logano, will he move on? Joey is Joey, and somehow this cat finds a way to, I don't want to say weasel, but he finds a way to just get himself in the mix. Like, I don't know what it is about Joey, but he finds a way to get in. But this is one year that I'm going to say, I don't know if he'll be able to weasel his way in only because of what I was talking about with Alex Bowman and some of the other younger guys that are that are in the playoffs this year, and they're driving really well. And I think that this is the year that some of these older drivers need to take notice of some of these younger drivers that are in the playoffs because they're really driving really well. And uh, I think it's time for them to open their eyes and acknowledge the fact that uh, they have some real competition on their hands. I think that Logano probably is going to advance. I think he is. And ironically enough, even though he had a really bad day at Dover, Talladega is typically one of his better tracks, as a matter of fact. And and without a question, I just feel like between him and Brad Keselowski, they're probably 
two of the best current plate drivers in the field. I don't know what it is about Penske. They just somehow, some way know how to keep their nose clean the entire race, keep themselves out of all the trouble, which typically happens towards the middle or towards a little bit further in the back is where it typically happens. But they somehow, some way managed to do it. So if he doesn't have a good day next weekend at Talladega, I, I do actually think that he can still muster up a really good finish at Kansas and or win. That's just my take. Because I, I mean, this guy is our our champion from last year. He's our reigning champion currently. I, I wouldn't doubt him at this point. And Penske has been really good all year. And same with that 22 team. They've had it going pretty much most of the year. So if now is the time to be on your A game, they got to do it for these next two weeks. I want to go back a bit and talk about Dover. I was As I was listening to both of you, I was thinking, and I think we talked about this a little bit on Twitter, but is Dover too long of a race? I think so. Actually, I actually do think so. Even though, if you guys do know, as Tam always loves to do the history lessons, Dover used to be a 500 mile race. I'm serious. She's, she's always yeah. got it. <laughs> but, um, she's it's been point. a 500, right? Exactly. It's, it's been a 500 mile race in the history from when it started in 1969 and then changed over after 1997 to a 400 mile race. Now, the purpose of Dover at the time, like a lot of these tracks that have long races, such as a Coke 600 or a Southern 500, the intent was to see who can really make their machine last, you know, an X amount of miles, right? But now at this day and age where we've hit the point where reliability is so high, it's very hard to see the attrition that we saw this past weekend with a Logano, a Blaney, even Denny had some type of engine problem, but he manages to finish the race. When you have things like that happen, it's very rare now. That was the point of it. So I don't think we have that issue as much as we used to. So if there's anything that you want to trim down on the schedule in terms of making it shorter, it's got to be Dover. I feel like that race at 300 miles for the Cup Series is perfect. I watched the Xfinity Series race on Saturday, 200 mile race. Really short, honestly, maybe about an hour and a half, almost maybe two hours, roughly. Really solid race. It puts drivers in a little bit more of a different time crunch rather than having 400 miles, which 200 clicks off pretty quick and 300 in a cup car is going to quick off just a little bit quicker. I think it'll give us a much better race, honestly, if we uh, we trim down Dover just another 100 miles. It's either that or you put that damn thing on asphalt again instead of concrete and make it a better show. I'm pretty much going to agree with you that at that point. And I'll tell you from a from a comedian standpoint, we've always learned in the comedy business and the stand-up business to let your audience wanting more. So you always uh, are trained to do a little bit less of your act so that you keep the audience wanting more. And I'm a big believer in that, that it relates to um, a track, seriously. I mean, you cut it back and you want the crowd to come back and, and you want you want them to come back and see more and see more. So I've always been in the belief that the less is better but I mean, I know everybody's different and, um, you know, people have their, their different opinions. So, but yeah, I, I would like to see it a little bit less. The fans don't want to see it at all. Cause when I look, the stands looked a little bit empty for this race. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> laughed at that. Let's move on. Not much happened in NASCAR this week. We finally overall that Bubba and Alex jump. Alex said what he said. Which I think surprised a lot of people. Alex didn't have much to say about the drama with Bubba. 
So kudos to him. Let's close that chapter. We won't say anything else about it either. If you want to know what he said, Google it or go to NASCAR.com or NBC Sports or Fox Sports. I'm sure one of them has the story. The only other thing that I think happened in NASCAR is that one of the sponsors, a surprising sponsor, one sponsor that's new to the sport, actually extended their contract to 20. 2023, was it? Yep, Ally is coming back in, until 2023. Now, that doesn't mean Jimmy's going to be in the car until 2023. Doesn't exactly mean that, but they are on board with them until then. We'll have that full story on our website. And as you guys know, or maybe you don't know, when we post the podcast on the website, we always link back to stories that we talked about during the podcast. We didn't really talk about much, but we will have a link to the story about Allied Bank signing through to Hendrick Motorsports to 2023. We'll also have a link on the website about Jimmy not ready to give any updates on his future plans, which we already know. I don't think it's a secret. I think Jimmy is going to race maybe one more year to prove something to himself. And then he's going to go give it a try over at IndyCar. And when I say give it a try, maybe one or two races. But yeah, that's my thoughts. So aside from that, we'll post those two stories, which are kind of one in the same because both of them are related to Jimmy Johnson. And we'll post the story with Alex Bowman's comments about the whole Bubba Wallace thing. So on that note, it is time for some predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Renee, who you got? All right, so here we go with the predictions. And uh, God, man, I keep trying to stick with my man, Denny Hamlin. And don't get me wrong, Denny, he keeps coming up close, but not the way I want it to. But I'm going to step aside from Denny Hamlin. And actually, believe it or not, I am going to go with Alex Bowman as your winner this coming up race. Alex Bowman, I see taking the checker flag. And as my alternative pick, I'm actually going to go with Brad Kislowski. Don't fool yourself. Brad Kislowski could possibly win this race. I actually honestly believe that Joey Logano could win this race as well. But I'm going to look to see Alex Bowman really come out and win this race. But I'm, I, I can honestly see uh, Brad Kislowski winning this race as well. So those are my picks. I'm sticking with them. How about you, Kenny? All right. So we're heading to Talladega. We've got a pretty big one coming up. And I think due to what happened at Dover, we should have a pretty interesting race with a lot of people desperate to make some moves. So in those last 20 laps, definitely expect some pretty crazy stuff. But I'm going to play it safe, which sounds weird to say about Talladega. I'm going to roll with the Penske Brigade as my main pick. I'm going to go with Joey Logano. And my alternative pick, I'm going with Brad Keselowski. Without a doubt, the two best damn plate drivers right now in the field to me. So those are my picks. So Tam, what's up with you? No history lesson because history tells you Talladega's unpredictable, baby. But I will drop this off on you. Since everybody's Team Penske on this podcast for Talladega, <laughs> Brad Keselowski <laughs> has 21 starts and five wins at Dega. 
Joy Logano also has 21 starts and three wins at Dega. We've been racing at Talladega since 1969. In 1969, we only have one race at Dega, but we've been racing twice a year at the most unpredictable speedway there is. And on that note, because I'm tired, it is too late to be talking NASCAR. Well, somebody <laughs> now, I made somebody mad listening to this podcast. They're like, what is she talking about? I'm tired. It is past my bedtime. So I'm going to close this show with some simple picks. I am actually going to pick Chase to win because Chase won the earlier race this year. And I think he can go back to back. He needs it because he's in dire need at this point because he came in 38 at Dover. And I'm not quite sure where that leaves him in the playoffs, but I know he's not in a good position. So actually, I'm going to go with Chase as my win and Brad Kozlowski as my alternative. Although everything's telling me to pick Joey and Brad as my picks to win and alternatives, I'm not. I'm going to pick Chase and Brad. So those are my picks. Aha. Uh-huh. So those are Tam's picks. Those are Kenny's picks. And those are my picks. Let's say you, fans of All Turns No Break, if you guys have picks, please send it to us across the board on social media at Turns No Breaks across the board. Please go and subscribe to our podcast, rate and review us, and please leave us a comment. We always appreciate your input, even if we can respond to you back and forth on social media. We absolutely love it. For Tam, myself, Front Row Kenny, we always appreciate your input and your insight. We'll see you next time on another episode of All Turns No Breaks. See ya. I'm going to bed, but first I'm going to watch The Walking Dead and Power. Good night, folks. I'm going to sleep too. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 